Kanika Jenkins was a 19-year-old woman living in Chicago, Illinois in 2017. She had recently gotten a new job at a nursing home and was excited about her upward trajectory in life. Tragically, on September 10th, Kanika was discovered deceased in a walk-in freezer at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Rosemont, Illinois, the same hotel where she had attended a party the previous day. The autopsy and investigation provided little explanation for how she had ended up in this situation, and the police closed the case only one month later, citing her death an accident. While this is definitely possible, the many inconsistencies in the investigative documents and extremely questionable circumstances bring up skepticism that the case is so cut and dry, and we wanted to take a closer look at what really happened to Kanika that night last fall. You are listening to Creep It Real, and today we begin our coverage of the tragic death of Kanika Jenkins. Creep It Real is a podcast where we present our theories of the subjects we cover based on our interest and research. Some material may be graphic and disturbing, so proceed with caution. And we're live, recording. All right, woohoo. Shy 2.0. Does it sound like I weigh more than 105 pounds now? <laughs> I don't know. Your voice may be childlike, and I wasn't really aware of it. Like, I, I mean, I obviously talk to you but all the time, but I wasn't really thinking about that because I know that you're not a little child, but... um, I weigh a lot more than 105 pounds. (laughs) Regardless of weight, you uh, are a grown grown woman. I'm a grown woman. I make (laughs) my own choices. So, okay. We uh, are not going to cover the Franklin Credit Union again for Uh, a few weeks. For a few weeks. (laughs) Like, there's... I know you're like, why are you even going to come back to it? Um, Talk about exhausting. Yeah, we've already been drowning in information, but, you know, there's just a couple things that I want to tie up, so... Okay, anyway. So, today's episode is kind of... To be honest, I have kind of put it off for a long time because I didn't want to be accused of exploiting a accidental death or there's just we've people have said that about the Kendrick Johnson episode to us. So this one is even more to me. I truly do not know 100% what happened here. I don't feel like it's so cut and dry that we should just accept it was accidental. And that's why I feel like it's important to talk about it. And regardless of if it was murder or not, there is some negligence involved. This could be prevented in the future by talking about it, regardless of whether or not this was accidental or not. Yeah, like people stepping up and taking some responsibility, preventative actions and whatnot, but... right. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. So you heard of the intro, the kind of basic rundown. Today we're, we're talking about Kanika Jenkins. She was a 19-year-old woman who died last September 2017 in Chicago. They found her in a freezer. So Kanika Jenkins was found last September 10th, 2017. So this is like still a pretty fresh case. It's not even a year old. We have a body of a 19-year-old african-american girl she was found in a commercial freezer that was supposedly unused at the crown plaza hotel in rosemont illinois kanika was the daughter of Teresa martin and she was last seen alive at a hotel party at the crown plaza and there's a lot of speculation surrounding this case there's a lot of really weird footage and we went you know this freezer 
was supposedly unused and it's one of those big restaurant type freezers. So yeah. there's definitely some weird things happening with that too. Right. So do I, do I sound better? Like on your end? Yeah. Like 100%. Okay. Cool. Yeah, obviously, it was, I got a microphone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was like connection and a crappy microphone situation. So this definitely sounds good. DJ Glitz. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't even remember why we started saying that stuff. Because uh, we were like, like I'm gonna use a pseudo name so people. Oh yeah. Think I'm talking. <laughs> like nah. <laughs> okay. So we'll kind of go over a little timeline of events here. So. Kanika, on the night of September 8th, she was planning on going to a movie with a friend and at the last minute changed plans to go to this girl Irene Roberts' birthday at the Crown Plaza Hotel. And she had driven there about 1.17 a.m. with a couple of her friends. I believe it was Monique, Abriana, and Monifa. So they drove to the Crown Plaza Hotel in Rosemont, and that's like a little suburb of Chicago, which I, so I thought it was Chicago, and it is technically Chicago, but like they have their own police safety department, and uh, you know, it's just a little, I don't know what you call those, like a little town inside of a... No, I get what you're saying. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's how my area is. Like a lot of people think Boise, Idaho is just one big town, Yeah, but we have like Meridian, Eagle, Garden City, that type of stuff, and everybody has their own police yeah kind of zip codes and whatnot yeah okay so if i'm wrong about that i'm sorry i wasn't raised in boise <laughs> no i mean like i remember i grew up in arlington texas which and there was this one city called delworthen and gardens that is inside of arlington but not it's not arlington tech i mean it is but it isn't so anyway so at 1 a.m her the her friend whose birthday it was irene she supposedly went live on facebook from her friend monifa's phone and it's a really we're not gonna totally i don't think talk about every single little video that happened that night in extensive detail but it's just pretty much her sitting there talking into the phone she is wearing these huge sunglasses and she's smoking a blunt like that's really it's really no I don't know I don't do a lot of Facebook live videos and I don't know if that's how they all are but it just seems like it was just kind of a pointless it yeah it was way pointless yeah there was a lot of speculation about it though and people dissected it like crazy because it was one of the only videos taken at the same time that Kanika was supposedly still alive and with her friends but people said they heard screaming someone saying help me I really don't know what I, if you can really make, you can probably make anything you want out of it, really. Whatever you want to hear, like, you can probably hear it. I don't know. I, I was just going to say, I think it's one of those instances where people are trying really hard to find something, so they're going to find it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Because there was, like, a lot of saying, like, how they saw Kanika's reflection in her sunglasses. And oh, yeah. I didn't see it. There was, like, three people wearing jeans and a jean jacket that night, too. So, right. who knows. But per various witness testimony, Kanika was seen at the party drinking Hennessy from the bottle as well as from a cup. And she had the same cup kind of all night. So, you know, some people said she was only drinking one drink. I'm probably assuming that it was, you know, it doesn't really matter because we know her blood alcohol level. But it was probably filled up at least a few times. And she was extremely intoxicated. Like a number of people witnessed uh, testimony to the police. They said, I've seen her drunk, but I've never seen her this drunk before. But she was still socializing and talking to everybody and like walking around the room. They said with a really weird gait, like she was stumbling around, tipping over, but she was still able to make sense of things, talk to people and be social. So at least that's what they say. Well, even her mother 
once had stated that she was really sensitive to alcohol. Right. And that she wasn't someone to get super drunk all the time, you know, so. Yeah, which, I mean, we'll see. And, you know, and also I've seen various different testimonies. Some of the people that were there said that she was smoking weed. Some of the people said she never smoked weed. There wasn't weed found in her system when the toxicology report comes back. So, I mean, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But but it seems as though she was just drinking some Hennessy. And, you know, her t- and like I said, her BAC level wasn't really that even that high. But we'll find out more. So around 3 a.m., the girls that rode with Kanika, they were all preparing to leave and walk out of the hotel room. And for whatever reason, they forgot her keys and phone, I guess, inside the hotel room. And they supposedly went back into the hotel room to retrieve them for her and left her in the hallway. Which is strange. I know. And I mean, I don't want to judge them too harshly because they're young and they're, they're partying. It's like 5 a.m. or like, no, what is it? 3, 3 a.m. But I do find it odd that you would, you know, of course, at least we hope they weren't thinking that she would wander off. But, you know, why would you leave her alone? Why wouldn't one of you go back in or something? Right. You know, the only thing I was thinking was like maybe the three of them wanted to like go smoke a little weed or something real quick before they made the drive back home. I have no idea. Um, but you know, they all were in Teresa, uh, her car, which Kanika's mom's car and Kanika didn't get the keys, even though all the pictures I saw of her, she was holding her keys the whole time too. That's the other thing. Well, but anyway, I was thinking too, like if Kanika was this intoxicated, it was just the thought maybe she was being obnoxious and yeah. And they just didn't want her to go back in the hotel room. You know, maybe yeah. they wanted to get her out. And But who who knows? Because nobody's come forward with as to why. Right. And they don't want to leave one of them at least out in the hall. I don't know. It seems just like, gosh, I there would have been a lot of situations when I was a teenager. And, I, and you know, she was 19, I know. But still, she's still young. Um, where if I didn't have my friends watching out for me, I would have been screwed, truly. Um, so... Well- and I just want to say, you know, it's a, I don't want to blame them, but it's a, at the same time, it's like, geez, I really would hope that they would have cared more about her yeah. to, than to do that. Like have each other's backs, ladies. But, you know, if they are truly innocent in all of this, other than just kind of being clueless or negligent, I don't want to make them feel even worse that they they did lose a friend. So it's and it's right. not their fault completely, you know, but who knows what really happened that night. Um, so they leave Kanik in the hallway and when they go back to retrieve her or to leave, she's completely gone. And they said they were in there for like five minutes. Some of them said they went in, turned right around and came out and she was gone. But who knows about that? Regardless, she was gone. And they wandered around the uh, hotel looking for her at about 3.30 a.m. The security guard found them and asked them what they were doing and told them that he would look for her and that they didn't need to be roaming through the the, uh, hotel. So I find that also to be interesting because when we see later the surveillance and see how long that she roamed around that hotel by herself i find it odd that they got stopped almost immediately and she roamed around stumbling around almost falling down a couple times for over an hour and they didn't find her then right or find see her i mean i find that just to be so questionable but you know maybe it's the case what i find strange is when you see video of this party it's not a little get together like they're partying in this hotel room they're on the ninth floor so they're not on a base floor you know if there's people under them they're definitely being disturbing yeah well they got they got two complaints i think while they were there well i mean one complaint and it should have been shut down you know people are paying money they say they give you three complaints before they shut it down it's all really convenient all of it 4 a.m kanika's friends 
call Teresa from inside of her car on Kanika's phone and tell her that they can't find her. And some people I've seen have thought that that was really odd that they called her so quickly knowing that she was like absolutely gone. I don't know. I mean, I think that's that's being responsible. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, I had tried to put myself back to being that age and in that scenario and they knew they had to get her car back to her. You know, I'm just, I wonder... I don't know. Would you have been like, wait, let's look for a little bit more before we call her mom? Or would you be like, let's call her mom right away? I don't know. I think it depends on if I knew something had happened or I knew that possibly she was in danger, like if she had been drugged or something. But if it was just my drunk friend, I mean, they're at a hotel. Yeah. Not much could happen, I don't think. So I maybe I wouldn't have. Well, you would think you would, but you would think that, but I'm not sure that's the case at all. But hey, you know, you try. I was like, gosh, what does the world come to? And then I'm like, you know, who is it? Uh, Richard Ramirez was killing people out of the hotel motel that he worked in. So this has been going on for a while. Oh yeah. So who knows? But. Okay, so they say that to Teresa that Kanika disappeared after they briefly left her alone in the hallway and they went back inside to retrieve her keys and phone. She later says that they have like changed their story multiple times. I'm sure in the, in the even if they didn't really do anything wrong in the outset, I'm sure they were trying to cover their asses for some sort of thing, you know, whether it be like smoking weed or doing ecstasy or whatever. Do, I don't do know. Do they really care about that though if they're posting like Facebook live videos of them smoking weed? Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't think they care. Yeah. I guess they don't. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Good point. Uh, Yeah, because I've always been such a... I mean, I never would have been able to post that and I would have been freaking out. So anyway, at 5 a.m., Teresa Martin arrives at the hotel and she asks if she can review or they can review the security footage in an effort to help her look for her daughter. They aren't really that helpful and kind of brush her off essentially and you know I know that there's a lot of legal reasons why a hotel can't just let anybody look at hotel footage and they don't distribute it out to just anybody who asks for it but like they themselves should have been able to look look at it immediately and they had a time period in which to look they didn't have to go back 24 hours you know she was in the hallway at 3 15 and then she wasn't in the hallway anymore uh 3 15 to 5 a.m that's not a huge window for you to have to look through that kind of is weird to me well and it's a hotel it's a big hotel and i will say on the reviews there was a lot of complaints about like overbooking oh. and it being full so if it's full all the time how come there's like no Nobody else in these videos. Yeah, that is so okay. Well, we'll talk about it. I think why speculation okay. of why I think that is once we get to the okay. So sh- I mean, it's, it's three a.m. I know, but still, it's Chicago. There's people coming and going all the time, and like that's right after bar- bars close. Probably. I mean, I don't know what time they close there, but I'm sure that's when. Yeah, there's still. I'm sure would be more people. Yeah, and I don't know people working there. I don't know. It seems like something weird is going on. Anyway, so Teresa calls nine one one after the after she becomes frustrated with the lack of help from the hotel, and honestly. The the call that she has with 911, I don't think really makes her feel any better because it is about on par with like, I'm trying to think of an equivalent 911 call. My trees. Yeah, true. Um, Where the guy literally is like, she's just partying lady. Call back later once you, you know, give her some time to like sober up and come back home. And she's like, listen, my daughter does not handle alcohol well. You know, I really, this isn't like her. She was supposed to give me my car. Like this is not, you know, something that she usually does. And he was like, okay, she was at a hotel party, you know, like get it together, lady. You know, I mean, it was so weird. Call back. And like, that's the other thing. How many times have we heard that old ass trope of you have to wait 24 hours to file a missing persons report, which isn't. It's BS. Right. It's not true. Not a lot. But they try 
try to to say it to people still. And that's kind of discouraging. And the police are telling you, like, wait, you know, wait, wait longer whenever you're the mother and you're like, I know that's this is not okay. This something here is not okay. Yeah, you do not have to wait 24 hours. If you really have a gut feeling something is wrong, call, push the issue, get someone to help you. Right. It's not that's totally a misrepresentation. Not the case. So that okay, I have to just say this. I want to emphasize this. Kanika was walking around that hotel at 3.15, I think, to like to 4.15 or something. It was in the 3 to 4 o'clock hour. Her mom is up at the hotel at 5 a.m. If you think about it logically, she was there well within enough time to save her life if, in fact, she had accidentally walked into a freezer and couldn't get herself out of the freezer, you know? Uh, she wasn't going to die in 30 minutes of being inside that freezer. So period, somebody here is at fault for not taking this situation seriously and letting a woman lie in a freezer, if that's in fact what happened, for hours on end whenever her mother was there, moments after it happened, ready to search the hotel looking for her daughter. They didn't have to barge in every hotel room in the place. They could look in the places where they have access You know, I mean, it's totally nuts to me. So I didn't think I was going to get all like heated about it as much today, but we are. getting heated about it. Yeah. There was another video uploaded by a friend named Ty Roland, and this video shows more people at the hotel party. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, we could talk about it in the investigation. It's just, it was, I think that was the one that showed possibly like her being thrown over someone's shoulder. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one says it shows more people. Okay. And the other thing about those videos is that there were two different hotel rooms being used because when you see people come in and and just I guess unless I don't think so but unless they're like taking mirrored videos people come out of the bathroom and go different directions to go back to like the party area and then there's a blue wall that's next to a white wall but they're on different sides and the, the rooms do mirror each other like that that's how they're designed so that on one side the bathroom would be on the right oh, I on one side the bathroom would be on the left okay. and when you watch there was like two or three videos taken inside the rooms and it looks like they're separate rooms but the only room that was actually like searched or questioned about was 926 because they said the person who reserved 924 they never could get a hold of that person so that's what they said so anyway I was just thinking about that when you talk about I would never put that in any notes I don't think but I was thinking about that about how there was two rooms being partied in by both of the people that that took videos people were going in between the rooms but for some reason there's only one room 926 that was investigated so anyway, so a few hours later, Teresa returned to the hotel. I mean, obviously, what are you going to do? Your, yeah. your daughter's not coming home. You're probably freaking out. And she started, her and her daughter, Leonor, they started going room to room and knocking on doors and asking people if they could look in their room. And they got the cops called on them. And they were pleading with them about the security footage again. But they told Teresa, you can't see the security footage without a missing persons report. So the cops were telling them not to file a mis- This has happened before that we have talked about. Like the cops are telling them, don't file a missing persons report yet. Wait. And then they're being told they can't do anything until they file a missing persons report. It's like uh, this circle of crap. And I assume that's just 
because to protect possibly like certain employees or individuals at the hotel, just making sure all their legal ducks are in a row. Yeah, right. Can you blame the hotel? No. Could they have been more helpful? Probably. But yeah, for sure. There's a process to everything. Right. But you know, they don't have like, that's what I keep thinking is like, they don't have to show anyone else, but they can look and see. And if this video does depict what they claim it depicts with what edited footage that they have released, they could have been like, oh shit, she walked into the refrigerator and didn't ever come out. It's now 5.30 a.m. or whatever after 12 in the afternoon now and we should go look in the freezer but they, you know, didn't look till 10 p.m. So, cool. Oh, okay, so this is what I found interesting. They said the police, that three or four of the Rosemont police viewed the security footage and found nothing identifying Kanika on the tape that they viewed, which I found weird. And then according to police documents that they have online on their own website with the Freedom of Information Act documents. At 3.40, the Crown Plaza assistant manager called the Rosemont police about a missing person last seen in the hotel, which he was referencing Kanika. And this assistant manager states that a Betty Green threatened to come with a warrant and would shut the hotel down if they didn't let police review the footage. And nobody knows who this Betty Green woman was, but it was on record that she did that. So I have no idea. It's very strange, but it's in the police documents. So who knows? So on top of that, they ended interviewed like 12 people who were involved in some way and apparently are analyzing video from 47 hotel cameras. That's a lot. That's the information I got. Yeah. But that's a lot of cameras to pick up nothing significant. Yeah. Well, I just think it's weird. Yeah. They probably wouldn't pick up anything significant if they were looking at footage from like 7 a.m., you know, or like 3 p.m. the day before. But if you would have just narrowed it down to the time whenever her friend said she was missing, you would think, okay, we might have found her. We might have seen her on this tape. It just seemed in like really made the work a lot less arduous. But you know, whatever. At around 10 p.m., the police tell Teresa that they saw Kanika on the surveillance footage around 3:20 a.m. So, did you know? I don't know if you knew this, but you know that the that the hotel part, that the rooms were booked by two people using stolen identity and a fraudulent credit card. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you probably know all this. I'm just- I do, but I don't talk about it. I don't really talk about it that much. So you know. You, you always can. Okay. I just found it to be interesting because I'm like, this, yeah. this speaks to like certain people's character that they booked two hotel rooms using stolen identity and then fraudulent credit cards too as well. They were actually doing it like all over because that's a bunch of the documents that are in the police file. They, they did it at hotels every weekend for a while. They booked it at this hotel after the, that credit card had already been canceled. So that almost made me wonder if there was somebody Somebody's- working at the hotel. Yeah. Letting it go on. You know, that does not seem legit to me. So if that's the case, then that adds a whole other aspect to the story, you know, that there are, I don't want to say relations between the hotel and the people that are essentially robbing the hotel of money and space. So anyway, if this this hotel is one that is so frequently booked up to the gills, you know, having people that are booking multiple rooms, not paying for them, you know, it's taking away some business. So anyway... They see her staggering around the hotel near the front desk on the camera at 3.20 a.m. And then shortly after they see this, there is an unnamed employee that's, that supposedly finds Kanika's body in the walk-in freezer, which was inside of an unused walk-in cooler at the lower-level kitchen of the Crown Plaza Hotel, which I mentioned earlier was not being used. Now... They say this, they say it was an unnamed employee in some documents, and I'm talking about in the police documents. In others, they say it was a paramedic, and in others, they say it was an officer. So I'm not really sure who really discovered her, but it never, in the police, like, investigative documents themselves, it states three separate 
people who have discovered her at different times. So, and, and we're supposedly the first one to do it. It's just one of many, oh my God, how cute. I got a puppy. Gosh. Um, one of many weird inconsistencies that really makes me question a lot of stuff in this situation. So she, Kanika Jenkins, is pronounced dead at 1248 a.m. When they found her, every single report, whether it was the officer, the paramedic, or the employee that found her, they state she was frozen solid. Um, I call BS on that because I looked it up and it takes 24 hours for 33 pounds of meat to freeze through. And I know. So she, I mean, this is a human person and your core temperature has to get to 35 degrees Fahrenheit or lower to actually start the freezing process. So okay. it would take a few days for a human being. And she weighed 150 pounds. Yeah. It wasn't like she was like, a, a you know, a 30 pound ham. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And there are other, there are other aspects of that, that only help to support the fact that they, she wasn't frozen solid. Cause I was like, okay, if it was a hotel employee that found her and said that he could perhaps be ignorant to the fact that she has already gone through rigor mortis and is stiff. But if it was a paramedic that found her, he would know that already. And frozen solid wouldn't be something that he used to describe her body if she was just a little cold. Okay. So yeah. When I, when I think of a frozen solid body, I think of uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, you know, like exactly. after he's been right, out there. Right. I mean, and also, which we will talk about this, but I have to just say it now because I'm like thinking about it. They did the autopsy that same day. Yeah, no. And unless they just like rapid thawed, which still wouldn't have take that short wouldn't have taken that short time unless they doused her body in warm water, which who knows, because she did look like oddly had Con- a lot of condensation and stuff on her for just being in a freezer. We'll get to that stuff, but I highly doubt she was frozen solid. And that's, you know, you don't have to be frozen solid to die of hypothermia. So I'm not trying to say that, but I just find that to be a really weird statement. Right. What was, what I don't understand. That's not professional necessarily. If you're a paramedic, I just don't get why that would have been your announcement. You know, you're more, not to say that you don't say like just things off the cuff if you're a paramedic, but you just don't. I don't think you would say that. It's just a bit dramatic for me. Right. Yeah, it is. Especially if that's like far from being the case. Yeah. So on September 14th, uh, four days later, activist Andrew Holmes views the surveillance video before Kanika's mom, and he publicly claims that Kanika was not forced into the freezer by anyone which he saw on the video surveillance. Teresa Martin claimed that Andrew Holmes told her that day to tell the protesters at the hotel to stop because the hotel was losing money. So she later says that on like the 15th that he misrepresented the family and himself to her and that whatever he said didn't have anything to do with that family. So a lot of people use him as like there was proof that she walked in the freezer and now there isn't because they hid it or something. And it's like, no, he just said that because he saw the video footage of her walking inside of that one kitchen area. And then he used that to determine she walked herself into the freezer. Right. So on the 15th as well, the surveillance footage is released to the public. And there was an online article that posted each piece in the raw surveillance footage that they released. There are multiple times where she is, the footage starts with her like halfway down a hallway or already having walked away from elevator doors when their motion sensor camera. So if she had been walking down that hallway and that motion sensor is activated the moment she rounds the corner or begins to round the corner, how come they're only showing us, you know, five seconds later yeah. or five seconds after she already exited the elevator doors, she's walked away from the elevator and they start it then. It just seems a little strange. Just 
just, it's another little thing that's just like, huh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, is that sketchy or not? It seems sketchy to me. I think it's weird that she's on an elevator given, like, we'll try to post some videos on our Instagram. She is messed up. And I, I mean, yeah. you can't even dial a phone sometimes, you know, but I don't know. Well, what's weird about that is that that's definitely true. 100% she is messed up, but she never does actually fall. Like there is one point where she does almost fall over a railing, but she never actually falls down. And the other thing about that is that, you know, like I said earlier, the people at the party, they were like, she was talking to everybody, you know, it wasn't like she was laying on a bed. Okay, but this is what they say. So who knows? But it's not like she was laying in a fetal position or feeling really ill and like not being able to see straight. She was just walking really inebriated looking, which I, okay, when we talk about the topomarate or whatever, I just don't know. I have, I've, I don't know. I have no idea. There are things that make me think she's out of her mind. And then there are things that make me think that she is like really unstable as far as like her balance and stuff. But maybe that she's not totally just blackout drunk. So you think it's like her equilibrium's just off or something? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. I just, I found it really odd that, and we'll talk about in the investigation stuff that like a lot of people said the same thing. Like, she was talking and, you know, and this was, like, minutes before she was leaving the room. And, like, also only, like, 20 minutes before she left the room, they left the room, she texted her friend, I'm ready to go, and was totally coherent. And, you know, I mean, not to say that you can't send an incoherent text message, but, like, she was, it looked as if she was not completely blackout drunk. She was just really inebriated to the point where she was weeble-wobbling. But also, as I talked about, we'll talk about with that drug, because the drug, maybe that really did, dud, that really did affect her in a way that wasn't mind necessarily, but more body, you know? Um, like, your motor skills are just impaired. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, the family was initially told that a firefighter paramedic discovered Kanika. It's later changed to an unnamed employee. And in the police documents, there's another document that states it was a actual police officer. The freezer that she was found in was a walk-in cooler and it was empty and warm when her mother and sister went to view the body. They said they took the, and I'll talk about that later, but they, they said they took the temperature after they had left the doors open, but it was still 33 degrees in there. It wouldn't be, that's not warm. Somewhere. I mean, it wouldn't be freezing, but it wouldn't be warm either. So I don't know if they unplugged it afterwards or what, but apparently those things have to be, I don't know, I, at least I've, I've read that they have to be plugged in, they, or they should be kept to be plugged in if they are if they are unplugged for too long, then they're like worthless or something. And I don't know if that's true. That's what I was going to say. It's like possibly they had it plugged in and running just for the fact that maybe it saves like the motor or like how, I don't know, a motor. Yeah. I don't know how it works. I've, right. I've, I mean, I've been in them, but I don't know the inner work. We can't so. be experts at everything, Shy. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because it is questionable if it was even on. It's questionable if it wasn't on. It's also questionable. Like, it's, it, it's there's questions all around. Both Teresa and Leonor, they contend to this day that there was a surveillance camera above the door of the cooler whenever they went and viewed the area. Though, it was immediately disputed by the hotel and the police and police documents and also the individual who came to scan the area for 3D replication also says that in his scan there wasn't a camera they swear there was a camera there and of course they could just have misseen something but maybe there was a camera there and it was taken down before anybody else came i i don't know i really don't know but i think that 3d replication well, thing i think that he was there before they were i 
remember working in a couple restaurants. You know those big dome mirrors that they put in the corners? Yeah. Sometimes I think people might mistake in those for cameras, and those really are there for people coming in and out of the freezer so you can see who's coming your way so you don't open the door and hit them yeah. or, or walk out with your handful of stuff. So maybe it was one of those or something. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, they. I mean, they, they swear it was a little camera like up in the corner. Oh, maybe. In the police documents, it says that they initially had said it was on the left side, and then whenever they were able to prove it wasn't there with a photo they said it was on the right side and so I don't know I really don't know if they were trying to pull one over on the family that would be a way to do it to make them look just like they're crazy because they are trying so hard to believe there was a camera there and it's a conspiracy but you know it also could not have been there and they were just very upset and didn't see something correctly so who knows so you know I did not know a lot about industrial freezers but this was a industrial freezer that had and I think they all are like this they have a glow-in-the-dark handle that if the light is not on you can the handle glows that's what it said but regardless the police said that there was a light in the cooler and a light in the freezer and both of them worked and this handle is one that you push in in order to get out because you're all like generally going to be walking out of the freezer with like stuff in your hands so it's not like you have to take a lot of effort I guess to get out of the get out of these things with these safety buttons but it's like on a long rod yeah the handle and everyone contends that she was trying to turn this handle to get out because she was just so out of her mind and she didn't push it and that's why she couldn't get out of the freezer. I don't know. Yeah. Because it doesn't, I mean, I remember, you know, like I was telling you before, it doesn't really take much effort to push this. It does look like a doorknob on a long rod. So I could see why if somebody was extremely drunk, they would try to turn it. But uh, you can bump into it with your hip or your butt or whatever yeah. and it'll pop open. Yeah. And the only time we were never able to was when somebody thought they would be funny and on the outside if you stick like a pen where it latches to the lock or whatever and it prevents it from being pushed. So who knows? Maybe somebody it, yeah. did that. I don't know. because Locked her. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I mean, I don't, I really don't like to be just making up wild conspiracies or going along with wild con- conspiracies, but I mean... I think if you're totally just go into this and you're like, it was an accident, she couldn't get out, she was just that messed up, couldn't get out, you're not thinking of all the possibilities here yeah. and like completely being able to discount them for any real reason other than that you want to deny that this could have been something other than an accident. Because who are you to say that she couldn't have bumped into this handle if she was because she looked a little disheveled in there man like her hair was a little all over the place her shoe had been kicked off she had a big she had a couple abrasions wasn't her shirt kind of pulled up too well she wasn't wearing you know like i've seen that said and she wasn't wearing a shirt even though on some surveillance there's a white shirt but she was wearing a bra under a jean jacket and her bra was pulled up though and her breasts were exposed so she was either frantically flailing around trying to get out of this room and in the meantime somehow didn't do the only thing that they build those doors to do in in an emergency which is like take a little bit of pressure on the emergency handle and open or somebody fought her did something to her and put her in there or someone was holding the door closed you know um or something happened to her and they put her in the freezer after the fact i don't know but her hair was definitely messed up her sister said that her hair was all over her face like all over her head and it looked like she had been fighting and when you look at her on the videos while i'm sure it was kind of a long night her hair was pretty smooth 
smooth and straight and it wasn't totally messed up like it was whenever her body was found. Okay, so yeah, the emergency handle worked, the lights worked inside the freezer and the, and the cooler. You know, when I was trying to look up this, I asked my husband and he never, he was like, I never was the person to show a body to a family member. But when they identified her, they had her in this, maybe it was a, I don't really know, a body bag that was like, it was bulked up for some reason. I don't know if it was like, that's how they keep them cool or I don't know. Like they push, like maybe they put air in it or something. Maybe something to help preserve. I don't know. Yeah. And so they were only able to see her from the neck up or like the chin up her. It was just like her, her head. So I don't know if that's standard. That may be standard if you don't want a family member to see like some sort of terrible accident, you know, or something. But supposedly all her, the only thing that was wrong with her was that she had abrasions on her ankles and foot well yeah there was the ankle abrasion there was like a contusion on the same leg mm-hmm. i think that's from when we see video of her kind of slamming herself accidentally into that railing okay it was about hip height okay so but that was really the only thing yeah compared to the pictures they released of her inside the freezer where she was laying kind of on her side face down kind of like in a fetal position she's laid out straight in the body bag on her back and Her hair is totally brushed straight and not in her face like it was inside the freezer. I don't know what protocol is here. Maybe that's it. But I feel like wouldn't they have had to like break her bones in order to lay her out flat on that stretcher? And if she's frozen solid, how are you going to... Right. Not going to happen. Exactly. I don't understand some of this. It's not logical. And, you know, they yeah, brushed her hair out of her yeah. face and stuff. I feel like that's, I mean, I don't know. She 100% was face down. They say it in all the documents. Actually, in the in the photos they took of her inside the freezer, there are the initial photos where she's laying face down on her, like one kind of on one side and on her stomach. And then they like flipped her body up a little bit to show how she was laying. But she had gone through rigor mortis, so she was stuck that way. So now I'm like thinking about it. How do they get her flat on that stretcher like that with her face up? I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Okay, I don't know. That really is starting to trip me out a little bit. So... So Leonore, she says that Kanika had texted her a Snapchat video at 1.30 in the morning, and that was the last time that she had ever heard from her. But anyway... I don't know if that Snapchat video was ever taken in with the police in their investigation at all, but I didn't see it in the documents, but I mean, perhaps it was. So on the 18th, the Rosemont PD says that they are not going to get the FBI involved to take over the case. They're pretty sure from the get-go it was an accident. And the hotel contends to claim that there's absolutely no footage of Kanika entering the freezer at all. None of it, it doesn't exist. And, and you know, that Andrew Holmes guy claimed he saw her walk into the freezer, but I don't really think he did. I do wonder, though, I mean, wouldn't you have a camera looking into the freezer? Well, yeah, I mean, because, I don't know, maybe... I don't know, have people like, stolen stuff? Yeah. People take off with food all the time. It seems like that is your most valuable asset. Well, I guess the equipment, but I mean, he's taking a giant industrial stand mixer. Uh, yeah. A lot of crazy bakers out there. So it was reported by The Root, which is a news publication, that the initial autopsy was performed the day her body was discovered, which is weird if she's frozen solid. It's definitely going to take at least a couple days Yeah. to properly dethaw her body. And that autopsy was inconclusive. Larry Rogers, the family's attorney, spoke with Headline News and confirmed that she was not found in the functional kitchen, but in the abandoned kitchen, like we had talked about, that had not been used for years, which is awfully 
Convenient. September 30th was Kanika's funeral, and it was attended by thousands of people. Hundreds of them were, like, strangers from across the country who came because her story had just been so moving to them. And obviously, you know, any way about it, it's super tragic that a 19-year-old girl dies in a freezer, supposedly. What sucks... At a hotel. What sucks about it is when Kanika's mother called the police and she had said something and if they weren't like, oh, just wait, just wait it out. Like, she, right. it could have been like life or death, you know? Right. If they would have taken it seriously and right. she could still be alive. Stupid 24 hours. Right. It's so stupid. It is so stupid that she was there within an hour and a half of her walking around that hotel. If if they saw her, yeah. what did I say? What, 3.20? She was there at 5 a.m. And she wasn't, that wasn't like the last moment that she was walking around the hotel at 3.20. That was when they like first spotted her walking around the hotel on the camera. So she walked around for like an hour. Her mom was 4.20 and your her mom's there 40 minutes later. It would have been a cold, if she was in fact alive when she went in that freezer, it would have been a cold 40 minutes, but she would still be alive. I mean, like, definitely hypothermia could have been setting in, but I'm not sure it would have been fatal case. Right. But, I mean, I guess, can you imagine if the hotel has something to do with it or employees were had some part to play, then it would be, like, your worst nightmare that her mom is there 40 minutes oh, yeah. <laughs> into your whatever. But, you know, I guess they got rid of her, so it didn't really matter that she was there that early. It's unfortunate because it's, like, she was there immediately, and it didn't make any difference. It's kind of weird to think that she was there when her daughter was dying. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's morbid, but it's definitely like that. That would be so frustrating. I don't know how you would even be able to live with it. You know, like you you were there, but you couldn't do anything. Exactly. So the autopsy results were released on uh, October 6th. The private investigation by family that was done on October 7th was similar to the autopsy and it produced no evidence of injury by sexual assault or physical attack. So not only did the autopsy say this, but so did the private investigator that was hired by the family. So, you know, crazy widespread cover up. Yeah. Like I don't think that she was maybe physically attacked or sexually assaulted, or at least they could tell. And on October 20th, Rosemont PD officially closed the investigation into her death ruling it an accidental death by hypothermia. Yeah. I was going to say the autopsy report was pretty clean. Yeah. And we are going to talk about it in a second soon. It's, yeah, it doesn't seem like there was anything like super suspicious that happened, except for maybe her toxicology reports that happened in the autopsy. Right. So they released those photos to the public of her in the freezer. Her lawyer publicly stated that they only raised more questions because like Shai mentioned a little while ago, you know, I've seen it done all over, but... Bra top with jean jacket or just a jacket or whatever is a thing that's happening. So that's what she was wearing. So some people confuse that in itself to be sign of a sexual assault because her shirt's missing or it's up really high. But really, she was wearing a bra with a jean jacket over it. But her bra had been pulled up. So unless she pulled it up in the, it got pulled up in the struggle of her trying to get out of that freezer, something happened in that regard. Plus her pants 
were pretty low too, which maybe they were just, you know, riding low. I know how that goes when you've yeah. got a big butt and legs, but you know, I don't know. It, they were low, almost like someone tried to pull them back up or something and didn't get them all the way. But that also could just be me making up crazy speculation. <laughs> so that lawyer who I will say he was under investigation by the uh, Cooks County Eth- Ethics Committee for possibly gaining monetarily out of suing the county, but he was still, he still worked with the police sometimes. So I'm kind of confused about how that, how that corruption went on. But regardless, he was their lawyer. And he said that all the other freezers in the hotel were locked, but the one that Kanika ended up in. And that's what he claims to be fact. And so that's also quite a coincidence and odd circumstance, if that is true. I will say that when we talk about more of the surveillance that the employee... Now, I will say, okay, so I don't understand why the the police documents say police or paramedic because the empl- there is an employee that seemingly discovers her because he walks back to the kitchen he walks through the kitchen he walks back to that door he pulls out keys and he seemingly unlocks the door to get into the cooler with his keys that he had had in his hand but why are they going into the cooler if it's unused well right i don't know um it's i mean it's empty of food Clearly, he immediately I don't know if they were all looking for her, but he immediately turns around and kind of like hurriedly walks out of there. And I believe that's the discovery of her body. But I don't know why he would have been going back there in the first place. And I don't know why he would need keys to get in if she was able to herself get in the freezer and get stuck in there by herself. She didn't unlock the door or lock the door, you she know. Didn't pick the lock and choose that place to go pass out. Like that's and well, and then somehow lock it back, you know. Yeah. I mean, if he had to, maybe he didn't have to use his key to lock it. But okay, this is a side note. I don't think I want to talk about this, but because it's well, I might talk about it. But there's this document that was released and then circulated around that was supposedly a confession from somebody that works at the hotel who claimed that they go and smoke weed in the cooler and that she stumbled in there and they all raped her and then she started fighting back and they killed her but it's fake but i'm like is there some grain of truth to that in some way you know because i i would think a cooler like that would probably be an unused cooler would would probably be a good place to go smoke weed if you're not trying to get caught at work you know it's probably sealed up and there's a vent in there from what i can remember i think there's a fan that was always yeah on but if she was raped there would have been evidence of that in the autopsy report right unless more injury and whatnot too yeah that's a fake i mean it was when i first started reading i was like oh my gosh and then i was like oh this is fake like if this was real it would be you know they had his name and everything so yeah Teresa and leonore went on a local radio show on october 27th and they stated that immediately after kanika's body was discovered that andrew holmes activist dude had contacted them and described himself as a special investigator working with the police department and told her he would get her answers. But in the long run, he was really telling her to tell the protesters to stop because they were making the hotel lose money. So I don't really know what that guy's deal is, but he ended up just creating a whole bunch of conspiracy theories from people because he was saying stuff that wasn't true and making people think that something was being covered up that wasn't. So anyway, 
So we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the hotel and the history of the police, the Rosemont Police Department. So I did look up reviews on the hotel just out of curiosity, and I did find some of it kind of strange. Uh, the way that these reviews were posted was there was a negative review, and then underneath it was a positive review. So it was like tit for tat type thing. A lot of the negatives were consistent with they complained about one, overbooking, a lot of strange charges ending up on people's credit cards, paying for things that they had no idea what they were, weird, just random $70 charges for like another night, or that some of the patrons were forced to pay a $75 parking fee because the hotel parking lot was full, so they needed to park in like this area that was attached to like, like airport parking too or something. Hmm. And then, uh, then there was a lot of complaints about how the rooms were dirty. Um, a lot of food and mess was left in the hotel uh, fridges, like the mini fridges. Ew. Yeah, a lot of the cups and glasses were never washed out. Um, a lot of questionable things in the bedding. The Ugh. floors looked like they weren't vacuumed. They said that the wait staff was inconsistent and seemed short-handed. Well, that makes sense considering that they had the security guard like running linens and pillows up to people's rooms on the Which is weird because his job is is to be a security guard. How is he supposed to do his job if he's having to do the work of a front desk person? Well, that's the other weird part about that is that he is actually a contract worker, I believe. So if he's a contract worker, I don't understand for security. That's like a really odd situation where he's sitting there taking pillows and uh, sheets to a room. Now that I start thinking about that even more, I'm like, isn't that weird? If he's a contract security guard, yeah, that he like he's not an employee of the hotel, exactly per se, right? And huh, and like the positive reviews were. They look like paid reviews, to be honest. So, like, one negative review was no free breakfast, even though we paid, like, an extra 75 for parking. And then the positive review was, like, great breakfast buffet. I'm like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> or, like, great accommodating rooms and parking was so close to oh my um, activities going on outside of the hotel. Uh-huh. And I'm like, huh? That's suspicious. Yeah. And they did. There was a lot of them saying like how the hotel was like outdated and needed updating, but just like the consistencies with like kind of how lazy maybe the staff was and how the hotel was just, yeah, I don't know. Definitely does not sound like the kind of place you want to go to for a nice getaway. Getaway. (laughs) Which could be the reason why they're allowing these wild parties to go on. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm not saying that the Rosemont Police Department necessarily did anything to cover up the situation here or whatever. Who knows? Okay. That's my motto. Who knows? But I'm just going to tell you a little bit of questionable history of the Rosemont PD, which also they don't even on their stuff. They don't even say police. It says Rosemont Public Safety. I don't know. I found that, I found that to be weird because even in the little like suburb areas that I know, like Delworthen and Gardens, they had police and fire departments, not like public safety. Yeah. So I'm like, are they cops or are they glorified security guards? Yeah. Are they Paul Blart's here? <laughs> on the case and is that why this investigation was just not as thorough as it might have could been i don't know i mean uh i don't know it's weird so but or is it just is it just a name and it's not that and they're cops i don't know yeah in 2014 a former cop filed a lawsuit against the rosemont uh pd because he was forced out for not taking part in an illegal cover-up he said that he was told to remove cameras because of illegal activities, and he refused. Uh, well, I mean, it was three years earlier, but I'm like, just, I wanted to point out that they 
specifically removed cameras because it showed something they didn't want to be shown, okay? Interesting. I mean, it it may be unrelated, but I had to mention it. In another case in 2006, a former officer claimed that he was forced to resign in 2004 for refusing to cover up traffic offenses and impaired driving by politically connected citizens. And the department itself was investigated for obscuring evidence and manipulating investigations along with extortion. So the from what I've seen, the Rosemont city itself is very, as we said, it's a small city within a large city, but it's very connected. And so the owner of the hotel of this hotel is some political figure in the town and the police have have a history of kind of, you know, I guess being corrupt and they're in the pocket of some of these politicians and stuff that are in the city. So, you know, who knows? But like my biggest thing through this whole case has always been the hotel really seems like they were trying to cover their ass about everything. Whether or not there was there was actual malicious things that happened here The hotel itself is at fault in some way. Anyway, so did the police or whoever try to help them get out of this without a a bunch of inquiry from outside departments and, you know, other agencies? Did they try to help make this easier for the hotel? I don't know. It's possible based off what it looks like with their police department, but, you know, who knows? I just think you can't take everything for face value. So like I said earlier, the cooler and the freezer both had working light bulbs. So there's been a lot of people that have said she was in the dark and she was drunk and she couldn't see and she didn't know there was a handle and she was just stuck. And so she was just like, I'm going to lay down and just go to sleep. And I'm like, huh, there's a light on. And the cops said within that couple hours of finding her body that both of the lights were working. I mean, I know accidents can happen, but I just love these people that want to give these victims or these deceased individuals zero credit whatsoever. It's like, I know she was messed up, but that she's so messed up that she couldn't push a handle. Like, I don't know. We have a, like, there's a, such a bad habit of like victim blaming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just a drunk teenager or whatever when. Right. But still, that's somebody's baby and she's not alive right now. So have yeah. some compassion. Well, and you know, everybody's got, every. there's different strokes for different folks and if going to hotel parties and smoking weed isn't your thing fine but that doesn't make you better than anyone else okay because you take a you know 24 pack down to the lake and drink that every friday night so let's not sit around and judge everybody else we can all have our you know have our vices and our lives still matter everybody so yeah because i saw a lot of shit that i was like really ticks me off. I'm like, do we need to call people names and act like the fact that, you know, they were drinking Hennessy and and there was people smoking like means that you deserve to be thrown into it. She got what she deserved or she got what was coming to her. She's stupid. She was at a party drinking. I'm like, why do we have to be that way? I don't understand. You know, we all did stupid stuff. We've all done. I mean, we still continue on a daily basis to do stupid stuff. Every single one of us. So if it means we should all be just dead, then I, I fear that the world would be populated with even even some of us brilliant folks would, <laughs> would make a, a grave mistake someday. So anyway, um, she was found in the freezer laying on her side with her face down, hand curled beneath her, and then was hours, you know, within an hour, hours, she was laid out flat on a stretcher. And when she was in the freezer, her right shoe was off and it was behind her. Her pants were pulled low. Her bra had been pulled down so her breasts were exposed. There was this black substance on her nails that I've always been like, what is that? Now, I don't know if it's... I've seen people say that it was 
glue from her hair. Oh, extension? Wi- like her wig. I don't know if wig glue dries yeah. black on your fingernails or not. You know, who really knows? Either way, she was found like this. There was a couple of lip glosses, a scrunchie, some other stuff in there with her. And then she was laid on the stretcher. At the autopsy, which was performed on the same day, it was stated in the autopsy report, at autopsy, the body was not frozen. So... Yeah, I don't know why there's so much inconsistencies with that story. I don't... Yeah. I I have to say, inconsistencies make me question your... You know, what, what truth you're presenting. Oh, yeah, for sure. If it's cut and dry and just like, it is how it appears, why would there be inconsistencies like this? You know, I just don't... I don't think there would be. It seems like inconsistencies pop up where the truth isn't being told. So it's hard to keep a story straight across the board, you know, a million across a million different people giving you different accounts because it's not exactly how it really happened. Okay, so Kanika's brain was swollen and my husband says that happens when you die. Your brain just kind of starts to swell. I was going to say, that's kind of, that's normal. And then what I, what I did think was kind of interesting was because like we learned in the Mitrice case, the hyoid bone is like a really looked at part of the body in these instances and hers was intact Mm -hmm. and it had no damage to it. And also her tongue had no damage. There was no biting or anything like that. No contusions on her scalp. Um, so I don't think she was hit or anything or choked. See, I was like, it's weird that a brain swollen because I'm not a doctor or anything. When you're exposed to cold like that, your brain would actually, it would do the opposite of swell. But if you die, your brain swells, I guess, period. Gotcha. Um, So there was evidence of injury, which was the two little abrasions. So she had a half inch by quarter inch red purple irregular abrasion on her right ankle. And then she had a half inch by half inch ill-defined purple contusion on her right leg. Well, let's be honest here. Like, I'm a girl. I have bruises on my leg. Oh, yeah. From I don't even know. Constantly, too. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the railing thing. That that yeah, may have very well been it. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This is why this case is so frustrating because you think you have it and you want to blame someone, but then stuff makes total sense. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. I don't want to be yeah, making dramatic. it something it's not. Yeah. But then there are other aspects that are so, so Weird. suspicious. Yeah. Um. So she really was totally normal. Like her air, her respiratory system was normal. Her heart was normal. The one thing that I found extremely interesting, and it probably really isn't anything, but even when I read it out loud, my husband, again, who was a medical student, was like, what? And he usually doesn't even care. And I was like, oh, that actually is like a very strange occurrence here. So she, for a little background, I mean, you may already know this, but our human lungs are asymmetrical and our right lung consists of three lobes, whereas our left lung consists of two. And on Kanika, her middle lobe of her right lung, it was not present. So she only has two lobes of each lung, of each right and left lung. Which, whereas, we, like I said, we usually have three in our right. So I don't know if she had, it was a birth defect or if she had to have surgery. There are uh, numerous reasons why you would have to have surgery to be, to, for it to be removed. It's all very rare. Um, and like one of them, 
a big one is cancer, which I mean, I doubt that is the case. It did state that her lungs had kind of some damage from pollution or smoke or something like that. What's it called? Anthracosis? Yes. Okay. Which I'm like, uh, I mean, that might be found in me too. <laughs> not really sure. When I was reading that, I was like, is that from just, pol- I mean, but really though, the, uh, what did I watch that they were talking about? Um, the air pollution is so terrible and like even though you may not be able to see it and how much it damages us well think about living in an inner city in chicago you know right and that makes you yeah even worse it's all cars it's all cars but anyway so i don't know if the lung thing is really any anything to be made a big deal about i do know it made a lot of people start to do the whole organ harvesting speculation i think that's dumb because there would be incisions you would think cuts and whatever yes and yes, totally. And you would think, yeah, you would have seen that unless they're covering it up in an autopsy completely like they did it on her back or something, you know, I highly doubt. I mean, that's just, I, I do think that there is such a thing as organ harvesting and there is legal proof of it. I just don't think in this situation, I think that's an odd thing to harvest. Yeah, wouldn't you take the whole lung? Like, I don't think you really yeah. need the, the middle lobe of the right. And maybe while you're there, wouldn't you like grab a couple other things or something? I don't know. I think it's it's probably some sort of birth defect. I don't know. Either way, she was found to have 0.112 levels of alcohol in her blood. And while that's, you know, somewhat significant, it's not really that extreme right. as far as she wasn't like, that wasn't a blackout drunk amount. But the thing that was also found in her system was Topomax or topom- Topiramate, blah, 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 which is a drug that was originally created as a diet drug. It could not get FDA approval for that use, and it was later repurposed as a migraine and seizure medication. Though it is currently prescribed for a variety of unrelated issues that include but are not limited to obesity, seizures, impulsivity, bipolar disorder, depression, alcohol addiction, PTSD, bulimia, and OCD. There there was a list of mile-long things it's prescribed for. Now, Teresa, in the police investigation in her interview with the police, she says that Kanika did not have a prescription for this medication. So I don't know why she was taking it. There are multiple reasons why she would have, but it doesn't sound like seizures or migraines are the reason. So the amount that she was found to have in her system was 3,000 nanograms, which isn't some crazy amount. Now, this is a drug that you have to take daily in order for it to build up in your system. And the normal ranges that people would be falling in would be 2,400 to 8,000 nanograms. So she was well within the normal range. But that also means that she had been taking this medication on a regular basis. So this wasn't like on that night, she just was like, I'm going to take topamarate and drink Hennessy and like just take a butt ton of it. She likely had been taking this and a normal dosage on a daily basis for the past few days at least. I personally just think it was somebody told her it worked. They lost weight on it and was giving it to her. Yeah. Because like, she's a young girl. Image is everything. She, yeah. She's walking around. I mean, her pants, I'm not saying anything against it, but like like her pants seem to be very tight. She wants to wear a bra without a shirt and a cute crop top yeah. jacket. She wants mm-hmm. to look good. Yeah. Which it sucks because this stuff is not to be taken lightly. Oh, God, no. So you can topa, topamirate, topiramate, I cannot say it, topa, topi, oh my gosh, I said it right, topiramate deaths have occurred at concentrations over 49,000 nanograms, so way, 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 way more than she was taking, but... This stuff is not, like I said, not a joke. It is colloquially called Dopamax, 
because it causes cognitive issues. So the adverse effects of Topamax are numerous, and I'm not even going to list them all because there's so many, but there were some that kind of stood out to me, and they're the ones that are listed from the manufacturer. And they stood out to me because I feel like some of the stuff definitely could explain some of her behavior when she was walking around. So dizziness, weight loss, as we said, um, nausea, diarrhea, fatigue, depression, amnesia, mental impairment, cognitive disorder, seizure, vertigo, vomiting, muscular weakness, weakness, (laughs) muscular weakness, alopecia, gait disturbance, there we go, malaise, confusional state, disorientation, aggression, decreased white blood cells, depressed level of consciousness, grand mal seizures, visual field defect, where you have depth perception issues, postural dizziness, which I'm like, oh, that's, I mean, if I ever thought of a word to describe what I looked at when I saw her walking, it would be postural dizziness, but stupor, clumsiness, visual acuity reduced, so you can't see as well, deafness, hyperthermia, so it makes you hot, hallucination, and paranoia. The hot thing, I was like, oh man, see, maybe she went in that freezer trying to cool off. Yep. But, which I can totally see, though I don't think she would have wandered all around the hotel, like a, you know, all around, went to a functional kitchen, and then went and found in like a lower level basement area, really. uh, Like a remodeling zone, too. Yeah, a creepy ass freezer to go into to cool down. I mean, no, I just don't think so. But, I mean, all of that could have contributed to the way that she looked when she was walking around. Now, I read some reviews of that medicine where people were saying they weren't drinking at all and they were driving somewhere. They drove every single, like the grocery or something. They drove multiple times a week. They forgot where they were, had to pull over, walk inside a store, and they were so freaked out they didn't know where they were. And this is somebody that's like, I still have to take it because otherwise I have terrible seizures, but I am confused all the time. So It's a scary drug. Right. The FDA gives it a black box warning. It says that extended use could include permanent vision loss, suicidal behavior and ideation, and cognitive dysfunction. And for all of these issues that could happen, they recommend that the action you should take is to stop using the drug, but that you should come off of it gradually or you might have seizures. So that also makes me wonder, there's so many possibilities here, but I'm like, did something happen? And she like maybe have a seizure? No one realized what was going on and who knows? But like could that explain the weird hand positioning? Like the like clenched hand kinda scrunched up, yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, and and was she even trying to come off of it, you know, or whatever? Who knows? So, like you said, her mom initially said to 911 that she was extremely sensitive and intolerant of alcohol. Now, she didn't know, supposedly, that she she was taking this or she didn't have a prescription for it. So, I don't know. And then also, in her friend's call to 911, they said that she was disabled. So weird. And I don't know if they just meant that she was impaired from being overly intoxicated and they used an incorrect word or if there's something more to Kanika's condition than we know. Like, did she have seizures, you know? Or is there something, some sort of um, condition that she had that would have made her more susceptible to... I have no idea. Or did they just use the wrong word? Yeah. That's also very possible. They could have just said she was impaired. Because she was impaired, but they said disabled. So that's why I'm like, is she? It's a a very strange word because wouldn't you just say, like, she's really drunk? Yeah. Like, she's, like, so drunk. I just... Yeah, disabled was just... Unless they... I don't know, man. Unless you're just like, oh, I don't... You're so freaked out that you don't know what to say you know it just came out but disabled is definitely oh i was like what is going on here is there something that we don't know 
So anyway, as we said, the official cause of death was ruled accidental hypothermia accelerated by alcohol and topam. Holy cow, dude. Topiramate. I can't say that. Okay. We can pause and then we'll get into the investigation okay. stuff. Okay. Say, say goodbye for now. Bye. Bye, little alien puppy. Little cute thing. Oh, my gosh. I always think, like, what did Boo look like at that age? Oh, so I die. Anyway. Okay. okay. I'll see you in a little while. All right, guys, thank you for listening. We are going to take a break right now and come back next week with the second part of our coverage on Kanika Jenkins. We appreciate you sticking with us. Please give us a nice review if you feel so inclined. And we will see you next week. Creep it real. Bye.